0: what's going on guys it's nick here back on the video it is tuesday it's time to take a look at the week nine waiver wire pretty mediocre week four waivers honestly don't see any players worth using number one claim on Uh, on the position with the most options is defense and special teams so that should give you some sort of indication as to the type of week we are heading for nonetheless there are still some players to go over so let's start things off as usual with running back Two top running backs in my eyes are Zach Charbonnet and Amari Di Mercado, but for very different reasons for each of them. Charbonnet looked fantastic last week. Um, he also took over all of the like third down, two-minute drill type of work, which really elevates his floor. I'd say it elevates the floor in the games that Walker is healthy for. Still, it would only be a pure desperation play like, even him mixing in on early downs, getting that passing down work, you're still like not starting him. So that's why I say they're different between him and De Mercado. De Mercado is going to be someone we'll talk about in a second who you could start in the short term. You're not starting Charbonnet right now, but it confirms what we thought this offseason that. If Walker got hurt, Charbonnet would be a featured back, he would smash in fantasy, he'd be someone that is obviously a number one claim, is like a league winner, right? So you have to be rostering Charbonnet if he's out there. Um, again, you can't actually start him until there's an injury to Walker. Also, some people said that um maybe he got a little bit more playing time last week because he outsnapped Ken Walker this week. Some people said maybe that was because um you know Ken Walker was limited all week with injury. I don't think it matters that much. Again, the point is his workload would be monstrous and he'd be fantastic in fancy if fantasy, if there's an injury until that happens, we're still not playing him. So it doesn't matter if we're gonna see like a 10% fluctuation in his workload leading up to an injury. The point of rostering him is if there is that injury. Uh, and then the reverse is true for Di Mercado. Long term probably not someone that, you know, someone that in weeks like 14, 15, 16, we're using. But I still actually think there's a possibility that happens. And at least in the short term, there's that chance that he continues being featured, right? He's been featured these last two weeks. He's been hovering around 20 opportunities. Anyone getting 20 opportunities, even if you don't think that's going to last more than a few more weeks, You just have to rot. So you can't leave people getting 20 opportunities on the waiver wire. Uh, James Conner can return after this week, um, and they're at the Browns this week. So not a great spot for Dean Mercado. But I don't know. Just in the back of my mind, I feel like the Cardinals obviously know they're not going anywhere this season. They seem to be starting a lot of their young players. I just have a feeling that like maybe they do go to James Conner when he returns, but like to close the season, maybe they do start being like, you know what, let's see what we have in this kid. Maybe we're not going to use him long-term, but if there's a chance that they really do like Di Mercado, they want to have him involved next season, they'll have to figure that out. And so maybe there's a chance you can use him towards the end of the year, but I would say, again, short-term, if you need running back, which many people do, Di Mercado is someone who's going to potentially be featured this coming week, has confidence. I would say... um like 7 to 10%. And I wouldn't use a number one claim on either one of them. So if they're out there, you know, number two through four claim, that general range, fine. Uh, Somewhere in that 7 to 10% range, fine. Uh, but of course, it alters. Like if you're desperate for running back, uh, maybe you have a lot of fab left because you've been a little bit more cautious. You can bump those up. Uh, but if the reverse is also true, if you don't really need running back, if you've kind of been aggressive and fab you know you only have like 10% left well don't use the rest of it on either one of these two running backs behind those two there's very little to like um at the running back position top options are Leonard Fournette Devin Singletary TyJ Spears and Pierre Strong Fournette did sign with the Bills this week And while the most likely outcome is still that we never use him this season in fantasy, there's still a chance that maybe they're frustrated with their poor goal line results and that maybe they brought him in to use him in that area. And it's not that like, even if that were true, that's enough to start him. But let's be honest, you know, Latavius Murray isn't an amazing running back. Is there a chance that they want to use Leonard Fournette in the Murray role? Is there a chance that Leonard Fournette takes a little bit more than Murray was getting maybe will that still maybe not be enough to start potentially so i don't think you like need to go after him but if you want to throw a few percent you want to put a low claim in uh go get him you want to see cv clears and try and add leonard fournette i think it's worth taking a shot on as like the last player on your bench he has upside it's still good offense uh but again the most likely outcome is we never use him in fantasy uh then Devin singletary um Again, after the buy had a decent on the offense, we were wondering if that was like a you know a one-time thing before their buy. It was not. They are shifting more work over to him instead of Damian Pierce. Singletary is you know an incredibly low ceiling ad because you're definitely going to need an injury to Pierce. And then even if there's that injury, I don't know how amazing he'd be in fantasy. But he's gotten 13, 12 opportunities the last two weeks. Anyone getting that sort of role with the role shifting a little bit towards them needs to be rostered but again relatively low ceiling there and you're not starting him regardless uh taiji spears same as every week incredibly high upside handcuff obviously i don't know the results yet of the um like the trade market does derrick henry get traded it seems like no that's not going to happen but it doesn't matter that was one out that he does have and if that actually did happen after record this video spears is obviously the number one claim um but even if that doesn't happen, it's the same thing. If Derrick Henry were to ever get injured later in the season, Spears would then be the number one claim. If you want to use your last spot on him, absolutely fine doing that. Ton of upside there. Uh, and then finally, Pierre Strong. He looks good. Every time teams actually use him, he looks decent. 11 opportunities last week, again, looks pretty good. Has, what, like a 41, 40-yard 40 reception. Um It's a gross three running back committee on a pretty bad offense, so very little upside here. But in deeper leagues, I think you can go after him to use a spot start when you need him. But again, deeper leagues. I'd say 14-team league is the first time I'd really look at him aggressively or like a super, super competitive deep bench 12-team league. At wide receiver, uh, the entire list is rookies and year two players. When rookies, you know tend to just break out in the second half of the season like it or not we're basically at that point i mean it's week nine um but when we get to this part of the year that's really what we're looking at It's these younger players maybe didn't have a massive role to start the year, but everything's trending in their direction. Uh, They're getting more comfortable in the offense. Coaching staff's getting more comfortable with them. They're developing a better rapport with the quarterbacks. This is the time of year where we start to see those players break out. So that's kind of what we're going to be focusing uh, waiver wire on for most of the rest of the season are these younger players. Um, I would say it's Romeo Dobbs and Jane Reed. It's Mario Douglas, Michael Wilson, Quentin Johnston, uh, Jonathan Mingo, Jade and Reed, Rashid Shaheed, and then Marvin Mims. Mims would go to the top of this list if, again, I don't know the results of the end of trading today, but Sutton or Judy, who seem to be more likely to get traded than Derrick Henry. If either one of them, doesn't matter which one, either one of them gets traded away, then Mims will go to the top of the wide receiver list. Um, if that doesn't happen, it's Gonna be tough for Mims this season to truly break out next year. Moving forward, he's gonna be awesome. But while those two are still there, it's gonna be tough for him. Um, I would say that Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed are like the safest bets for production. They probably have the highest floors rest of season of any of these players, but Jordan Love has been pretty bad, and there are a lot of mouths to feed in Green Bay. So Neither one of them has a massive ceiling. It is Dobbs over Reed, but I think both of them should still be rostered in all formats. Um, Again, though, I think ceiling-wise, both are probably capped out as, like, flex plays in a 12-team league. Um, The rest is really just, like, really the entire list is. Who do you have a gut feeling on? Who do you think um, is a a better player than they've been playing so far? Like who has like the highest upside as like an actual player? Which offense do you want to invest in, right? We're going to talk about Demario Douglas next. Do you want to invest in the Patriots offense? Maybe the answer there is no. Um, But that's really that combination, right? Of all these young players, who do you think has the best opportunity, talent, and then quarterback play? Because hitting on all three of those is still important for breaking out and being like, useful in fantasy you can be decent but will you be someone we're starting at wide receiver two in the flex spot rest of season in the playoffs uh but mary douglas is one that i'm excited about again he's got mac jones a quarterback so ceilings kind of capped there but we talked about him last week as a potential add since he's been their second best wide receiver behind kendrick bourne his snaps are on the rise he was someone that was really good in camp someone we we like this offseason being like if he got the opportunity, he'd be good. We were never drafting him because it was like, you know, kind of a tough path to get there, but he's kind of gotten there, right? He's playing really well. He's played as the second best wide receiver on this team. And now Kendrick Bourne has a torn ACL. So Douglas is like their number one. Like, I don't know. He's not going to play X receiver. That's mostly going to be Parker when he's out there, but they have nothing. So he's going to have a relatively high target floor. He's going to get design looks, screen passes. They'll use him in the red zone. So, especially. 12-team leagues and on certainly needs to be rostered in all of those. I think in a 12-team league, there's a chance rest of season we're starting him as a wide receiver three in that second flex spot. And maybe if he can develop, it can be more than that. Uh, but again, cap stealing goes Mac Jones. Um, Michael Wilson's stock, definitely on the rise. Not only because he's playing really well. He's out there for basically every snap. He's getting a lot of targets, commanding good target share. Um, but Kyler is close to returning. Um I have still my hesitations with how Kyler's going to do in fantasy this season. But, you know, he's obviously going to be an upgrade over the options that they've had so far. And so, if you upgrade quarterback there and he's already playing better, and we'll look at the second half of the year for rookie wide receiver, like there's a lot to like for Michael Wilson. Uh, Quentin Johnston coming off his best game of his career. Uh, Chargers finally, like, designing plays for him up until that point. They, they never really called plays specifically to get him the ball. They started doing that this week, which is great to see. Clearly still raw. I don't know if he's going to truly break out this season, but we'll say this. He's got the most upside of anyone on this list because he's obviously a first-round wide receiver, a great talent, and a deep threat, but he plays with, you know, Justin Herbert. Like, he plays with the best quarterback on this list, and that's one of the things that can lead to a breakout. Uh, and then all of Mingo, Shahid, Mims, Worth rostering. It's going to be a little bit more tough for some of them to hit consistent upside. Shahid, we saw last week with the big plays, um, but you know consistency with Shahid will still be an, uh, a difficulty. Having Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave on that team, uh, Mingo. That's going to be dependent on what happens today. If the Panthers do trade for a wide receiver, you can just cross Mingo off the list. But if they don't. He's been more involved. They got the switch at offensive coordinator. Likes, again, second half of the year and a player we're excited about talent-wise. Uh, and then Mims, again, if the, there's the trade away, he is number one on this list. At tight end, you basically have two options. It's Jake Ferguson or Trey McBride, both coming off really good games and should see solid production for the rest of the season. They won't score every week. Uh, obviously, McBride's not going to have, what was it, like 10 for 95 in a score That's not going to happen every week, obviously. Ferguson is definitely the more touchdown-dependent of the two, but he's got a strong red zone role in the Cowboys. Okay, well, he's probably going to have more touchdowns. So even though virtually every every tight end is touchdown-dependent, well, he's probably going to have a decent amount of touchdowns this season. Uh, And again, McBride, maybe that upside is capped long-term if Ertz returns, but Ertz will be out for a few more weeks, at least close to a month. Um, Kyler's coming back. They want McBride to be a receiving tight end, that's what they drafted him to be. He's outplayed Ertz all season, like it just makes sense. Rest of season, he's gonna be good. Um, I would say like five percent on both of them. They're both in that general, you know, low end tight end one, high end tight end two range. Rest of season, if you're struggling at tight end, you can bump that up to six, seven, eight percent if you really want them. If you've already got like Mark Andrews, you probably don't need to go after either of these two. Um, at quarterback, you've got one top option, a bunch of streaming options. Kyler Murray is worth spending the top claim for Um, I don't think the top claim a top claim so I don't think number one but if you've got like two through five I think it's worth getting him especially just you know given the quarterback position right now with all these injuries like even if he's not gonna be 100% to start the year like It's not great. Like there's a ton of injuries at quarterback position. There's a ton of quarterbacks that haven't lived up to their potential so far this season. If there's a chance that he's a top seven quarterback rest of season, like, yeah, you got to be going after that. Um, I think he is the top add this week if he's there. Um, I would say anywhere from like 13 to 15% of your fab is a good range. Again, depends if you have a quarterback. If you've got Patrick Mahomes, don't spend 15% of your fab on any quarterback. Uh, If you've got like Matthew Stafford, well, yeah, maybe go after uh, Kyler Murray there. Rest of the quarterbacks, pure streaming options for this week. uh, But, this list is gonna seem kind of gross, but if you look at the week nine rankings, week nine projections, it's brutal. Like my quarterbacks nine through 15 right now are Derek Carr versus the Bears, Daniel Jones at the Raiders, CJ Stroud versus the Bucks, Jordan Love versus the Rams, Bryce Young versus the Colts, and Mac Jones versus the Commanders. Uh, you can throw Kenny Pickett in there if he plays as well. It's crazy, right? That's not a good list. You're like, how's that even possible? Wilson's on by. Goff, Lawrence, Purdy, all of them on by as well. Cousins, Richardson, done for the year. Stafford, Tannehill, Fields, Watson, all probably not playing this week. Ritter was Benz. Geno plays at Baltimore. Jimmy G is trash. Like, you just go through the list of quarterbacks, and there aren't very many options this week. So, tough state of the quarterback market if you don't have, you know, Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Lamar, Burrow, Herbert, Tua, and Dak you're going to struggle. You're going to have to stream this week. Uh, Carr is my favorite because he gets a very clear run funnel, or a pass funnel, excuse me, against the Bears. Great against the run. I think they're number one in yards per carry allowed, um, but they're terrible against the pass, so they're going to throw the ball a ton. Um, Daniel Jones is probably my next favorite if he's able to play because he has so much upside with his legs, and he gets at least an okay matchup with the Raiders. Um, Everyone else is. Go with your gut, Um, though I'll point out uh, Bryce Young and Mac Jones have the best matchups on that list. Then finally, streaming defense. Um, given the quarterback market, there are plenty of options because there's a lot of defenses that are pretty decent defenses playing backup quarterbacks, right? So because there are so many options, I wouldn't look at one of them fall in love and spend like 10% of your fab to get them. I put in like 1% or 0% on all of these options. Just be happy with whatever you get because they're all going to be pretty decent this week or even potentially wait. You know, if if there are like seven options in your free agency, wait for claims to go through and then add one of these. Um, But I would say in order, it's Steelers versus the Titans, Saints versus the Bears, Falcons versus the Vikings, Chargers at the Jets, Patriots at home versus the Commanders, Giants at the Raiders, and then Packers versus the Rams. Five of those teams play backup quarterbacks. The other two are playing Sam Howell, gets sacked a billion times and Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, it's just, there's a lot of good options again this week. Please don't spend 5% of your fab getting any of them. They're all going to be pretty decent plays. It'll come down to who scores a touchdown, but all good plays. Don't spend a lot to get them. So that's a look at the week nine waiver wire. I have a full ordered list on my website, and you can also see my updated rest of season rankings along with the week nine rankings there as well, the fantasyfootballadvice.com. I'll be back tomorrow. with one of my favorite trade targets thursday to break down every single game this week then saturday is one of my favorite underdog picks for week nine now my friends is in this one hope you all did enjoy if you did how about hitting the like button help subscribe to the channel if you're new here thanks for watching.